Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Cricket Fan Show. Joined always by Steve, the cricket guy. Good to see you, Steve. Hey, Matt. Good to see you, mate. Good to see you, too. And Tony as well. Good to see you, Tony. Welcome Thank back. you. Yeah, good, good to, to be here. So, got lots to talk about. It's been exciting times of cricket this week. And it's been amazing, and that's why we're talking about it. So, first of all, let's get straight into India versus England. India had an amazing time. We talked about last week and an amazing time in Australia. England did very well in Sri Lanka. It was all kind of, the boys gave their predictions and uh, we had an interesting first test. So tell us about it, Steve. What happened? Well, against our predictions, amazingly, Mac, last week, um, Tony and I both thought that India would, on balance, win the test match. England got control of the test from the first minute and kept that advantage all the way through and won the test match and won it handsomely by over over 200 runs. It was a, it was a very good and a very big win. Um, India don't lose at home very often. England don't win in India very often. So it really was a was a brilliant result for England. Um, punctuated, I have to say, by some wonderful individual performances. Um, we're going to talk about the captain in a moment, but also have to probably start off with Jimmy Anderson and his absolutely <laughs> wonderful over of bowling. He was brought on in, in the fourth innings. England, England really needed something to happen. Um, and he got the old ball, um, or a ball that was about 20-odd overs old, I think, 25 overs old, maybe, maybe a bit older. And um, and he got it to, to swing. He got it, he got that ball moving around corners like Jimmy so often does. And he bowled one of the most fantastic six-ball spells you'll ever see. First ball swung in to the batsman, couldn't put a bat on it. Second ball swung into the batsman, took out his off stump. Third ball just hung outside the off stump just to see if the batsman would go for it. Next ball swung in, hit the batsman on the pad. LBW shout, not out, on review, umpire's call. So if the umpire had given it, it would have been out. It was as close as it gets in cricket to not being out. Didn't matter. Next ball, in he comes again. Another perfect line of length. Movement off the pitch and in the air. Another off stump out the ground. And then I finished off the over with, with a ball after that. What an incredible sit. It was just amazing. People talk about Shane Warne's ball of the century. Well, I think that's a pretty pretty good, good candidate over. for the over of the century. What do you reckon, Tony? Good over. And, and it just shows you how it doesn't matter what age you are, you can still continue to learn and you can still to continue to deliver. I would venture that an Anderson of five, seven years ago, couldn't have made the ball swing like that in India. But he has learned now, and he's learned to disguise it as well. The older he's got, the more mature he's got. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and he's still got, of course, that incredible will to win, that incredible hype, and still gets upset. On top of that, add a small little beautiful catch that he made, uh, mm -hmm. uh, diving full length to, to, to take it. Um, the man had a lovely match. Uh, to preempt you later on, I don't think you'll play in the next test, but there we go. That's another point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, possibly. I think he wants to. I think he wants to. Oh, but you yeah. know, when you see a performance like that, and and they don't, and that player doesn't get the man of the match, it tells you that something else did something pretty extraordinary. And again, for England, for the third test running, the extraordinary performance was by Joe Root. Um, so I want to talk about his captaincy in in a minute. But um, but how about his batting again? Another double hundred. It was incredible to watch, wasn't it, Tony? Absolutely, chanceless. Yeah, I didn't see a chance. I didn't hear a chance because I watched some of it on television and got uh, lay in bed very early in the morning and listened to it on the radio. <laughs> um, but 
a masterclass of how to play spin bowling, an absolute masterclass. And having added that reverse sweep to his brilliant ordinary sweeping, it doesn't matter now what they bowl him. You see, the, the, the secret with, with Joe against spinners is, I think he picks the length so quickly, so early. And, and that playing spinners in India and Sri Lanka, that's the secret. And it seems to me, I watched some of them and I heard some of the pundits saying that a lot of them now are bending the knees before the bowler bowls. And that gets them down to a height where they can pitch, uh, they can um, estimate the length uh, of the bowl, which enables them now either to play right back or right forward or decide to sweep if that's the case. And... Um, Whoever has done, I mean, we must pay some thought, presumably, is, is, has got a lot to do with this. But the batting coach has worked uh, wonders, I think, because really I was very worried about how we would play their spinners. But uh, Well, Root's really given them the template, hasn't he? And, and I make you absolutely right, Tony. I was watching the innings very carefully just to see what he was doing to be so successful. And I think you're right. I think his judgment of length was impeccable yes. and and once he judged that he could come out of his crease he came right out when yes. he judged he could go back into his crease he went right back, right back. and he yes. was very very positive and, and definite in his movements none of this getting caught halfway in the crease but propping forward mm. he was he was really really trusted his ability to pick the length and then once once he had and he knew he was right then he's got all the shots in in in, in, in oh, the world yeah. to, to to pick his scoring um, is scoring places and you know move you know move move it around the field. So really really impressive. I have to say I think Root, in, in my mind Tony all week has been ringing what you said about him last week and you called him the Andy Murray of cricket. I did. I did. Um, yeah. <laughs> which I think is a brilliant description. Um, you know as you say in another era if there weren't so many other great players around at the same time, his his reputation and his, he would and be, his status. He would be, and I don't want to over-exaggerate or over-egg this, but he would be Bradman-esque, I think, if only for, the, if you, in normal times, but we are in the times where we've got at least three other fantastic batsmen playing cricket. And uh, that is the only thing that's stopping him being head and shoulders. I mean, okay, we'll have to see how he pay, plays the paceman when he gets to Australia, but uh, he's supreme, I would say, in the world yeah. against spinners. Yeah, I, I had a quick look at some of the numbers for the last 10 years, thinking about who these, these great batsmen that are around at the moment um, and, and pulled together some, some, some figures on that just to see how Root stacked up in terms of numbers and runs scored. So I looked at everyone who's batted number three to number six in test matches or people that have batted three to six in the last 10 years. Joe Root is top by number of runs scored. He's got over 8,000 runs um, in, in that time. Um, he's averaging over 50. Um, and, I, and I've got two, two other measures that I, I quite like. I like to look at the percentage of innings, which are 50 or, or above, which I score, call the score percentage and, and the boundary percentage as well. The number of balls faced that go for a four or a six. So Root, again, is top, top 10 for, for both of those figures. He's, he's, he converts into a 50 or 100 nearly 39% of the time. So approaching 40% of the time, he scores a, he scores a 50 or 100, which is terrific. And his boundary rate, he scores boundaries at a rate of over over 6%, which is really yeah. up there with, with yeah. the, the, the very best in the world. Um, the um, Interestingly, the, bat, the batsman who, in, in the last 10 years, who bats number, num, up to num, you know, three to six, who's got the highest proportion of their runs in boundaries is, see if you can guess. Butler. 
Ben Stokes. Ben Stokes. Ben yeah. Stokes. My second choice. Yeah. If if the the top 10, 11 boundary percentage um, rates are are over six percent, well, Ben Stokes is over eight percent. Just right, a phenomenal right. rate of scoring yeah. runs. Yeah. Um, his score percentage isn't quite as high, um, mm. and he's and he scored about half as many runs in that time as Joe Root. He probably hasn't yeah. played quite as many tests. The, the um, other incredible thing is uh, Joe's physique is not something that you would associate with the person who can hit uh, strong boundaries and in and sixes, uh, but he can now. Uh, ironically, can. Uh, uh, one of the you can hardly call it a criticism, but one of the criticisms that was leveled at him, which I think he has firmly put to bed in the last two, 18 months, shall we say, is that he got his 50, but hardly any of those 50s were converted into centuries and beyond. Yeah. Well, he's well and truly put that to bed in this in these last few months now with getting a double centuries, not just centuries. Oh, I th oh, absolutely right, Tony. Absolutely right. Yeah. No, his conversion rate is fantastic. It doesn't get much. They, I know. He, you know, Graham Gooch always used to talk about the Daddy Hundred. Well, it doesn't get much better than than Roots run at the moment. Well, two double hundreds and one hundred and eighty. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, on the, the rest of my top five, the other the other the, the great batsmen that we've been talking about that, that perhaps mean that Root doesn't stand out as much as he as he could in that same ten year period. Coley has scored the second most runs, batting numbers three to six. Um, 7,390 runs. Steve Smith is in third. He's also scored over 7,000 runs. And Kane Williamson has scored 6,800 runs in that time. Um, so, you know, really, those guys stand out at the top. They're the only ones who've scored more than 6,000 runs in that in that 10-year period. F number five on this list is Pujara from India, which, yeah. again, just goes to show just what a good result that was. Um, yeah. Rahana comes in, I think, number 10 or number 11 on that yeah. list. So that... that middle order number three four and five all in that arguably top top 10 top 11 top 12 batsmen in the last 10 years fantastic you know really really good made it a really really good result so talking about we've spoken about root as a batsman what about root as a captain well if you wanted to be don't, to don't jump now. you've missed one important thing out oh, go on. what, what about his catching yes Yes. At slip and gully. I mean, he took a catch there, uh, mid-air, suspended with his left hand, yeah. um, and, and, uh, which was quite astonishing. I mean, everybody gave um, Stokes the, the, the catch of the match but with his uh, catch near the ground. But I would say Roots was equally as good. And, that, and his, his number of catches that he takes at slip and, 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 and uh, mm -hmm. even leg slip, uh, excellent, excellent. Yeah, he's a very and, good catch. Yeah, and, was, and I would yeah. venture now to come on to your captaincy point. What has happened is his success with the batting, his success in fielding, and the odd wicket here and there with his off spin has given him confidence, earned the respect from the other players, which of course makes captaincy that little bit easier. It's never an easy thing to captain, particularly at cricket, because when you're on the field, you're the boss and, and, and what you say goes. Okay, you can get some hints from the, from the pavilion, but by and large, it's your decision. And I think once you've got respect of the team, which he undoubtedly has now, and it is his team by and large, I would venture. Mm -hmm. I think the other thing, and, and I, I don't mean to be controversial, but I think his, his captaincy is also helped perhaps by the fact that for the last while, last year maybe, he's generally only had to captain Anderson or Broad in the same team, rather yeah. than having Anderson and Broad, who both yeah. obviously, given their seniority, call the shots. 
Um, you don't set Jimmy Anderson's field placings for him. You don't set Stuart Broad's field placings for him. And I think when he was captaining both those guys, you could possibly have large parts of a session where Root wasn't really commanding the field and the senior bowlers were doing it for him. And I actually think his captaincy has been helped by only having one of those guys in the team. Now, obviously, there's a, a massive trade-off. They're both in the top four or five bowlers in the world at the moment from over the last year. So you trade off that by not only having one of them in the side. But I do wonder if there might be an element of that. But if I wanted also, if I wanted to be perhaps a bit more controversial about, about this test, it was one thing that perhaps made Roots, not so much his batting, but certainly his captaincy and game management, look absolutely bang on. And that was the fact that he won the toss. Yes. Very, very good toss to win. Oh, yeah. Um, batting first, or rather not batting fourth on that pitch, was a big advantage. Do you agree? I do. I think I, 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 would, I would go for your second statement even more importantly than the first, and that is not batting fourth. Because I think even if the first innings lead had been exceptionally exceptional, 400, I still think he probably would have batted not enforced the follow-on so that the wearing wicket on the last two days or day and a half were, was what India would have to face. Mm -hmm. And um, there's no doubt the flip of the coin is important. There were, there were amongst the pundits, I, I don't agree with them, uh, those that say that he left the declaration a little bit, or well, he didn't declare, was that, we, we got bowled out, left it late. He could have given maybe 10 more overs uh, bowling uh, on the, on the penultimate day at, at India. I don't subscribe to this because one of the key aspects of test captaincy is you do not lose. Mm -hmm. and, and you take the other side out of the game. And, and in, in, invariably, if you have a lot, okay, there's a couple of instances which we will discuss probably later on, uh, where there have been substantial run chases. Um, and more and more, that is, in my opinion, influencing captains to, to ensure that you do not lose. You do not give them even a peephole. Uh, and I think that's, I, I don't quarrel with his uh, decision to um, carry on the way he did. Yeah, I think on, on a, on, it wasn't that long ago that even on a fairly normal pitch that wasn't deteriorating too much, you'd feel pretty comfortable with 250 on the board to make oh, a little yeah. team back again. Yeah. But yeah. nowadays, you'd probably want nearer 350 in a test match yeah. to, to feel secure and really secure, depending on the pitch conditions, of course. Sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, 200 would be a, an incredible score in the fourth innings. But yeah, I, I agree with you about the, the, the non-declaration. Uh, I think also, actually, it seemed to slightly peak route and the England camp that they were getting criticism for not declaring. He made a couple of pointed comments about, well, as I was the one who spent most time at the middle uh, in this match, I and knew. I could see how the pitch was going to play, I wanted to make sure that, one, we took the India win out off the table, and two, we made sure that we ended up, the later we left it, the more the, of, of the difficult batting conditions they were going to get. They weren't going to be able to put 100 on the board for, with, without loss before it got difficult. They were going to be forced to, um, to bat. I think he also said that the idea after T on, on the fourth day was that, uh, was it Butler and Bess would, would go on and score quickly and briskly and try and, and try and move the scoreboard along. I think it was Butler and Bess at that point. Bess was certainly batting. Um, but it didn't really happen and they couldn't no. really accelerate because India bowled very well. Yeah. And indeed it was getting difficult to bat. So mm. no, I mean, England won with a, with an, a session to spare. Yes. So you can hardly say that they, they declared too and, late. And, and also, in, in his mind, must have been the fact that you, you listed five of the best batsmen 
around and two of those are Indians or six and two of those are Indians. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you'd only needed uh, one of those two to get a mega hundred and a different complexion could have been put on the game completely. Absolutely. Absolutely. So England's bowling obviously came to the fore in this, in this game. Um, Jimmy, we've spoken about bowl very well. I thought Archer bowled well. I mean, he certainly bowled with a lot of hostility. Stokes did his usual golden arm gig of coming on and taking a wicket and being in the game. England spinners, Tony, what did you make of how they bowled in this game? Um, I would call it a curate's egg. Um, I, I mentioned to you um, before, they, are, they haven't got Ashwin's consistency uh, uh, but they do have the ability to produce a, an unplayable ball. And, and uh, Des particularly bowled a whole heap. I know <laughs> I was listening to, um, uh, I can't think who the, who the bowler was on, on, on one of the commentaries, and, and, and Des bowled three full tosses in a row. And uh, they went as far immediately to suggest that perhaps he was getting paralysis. And, and, the, and the yips, and that he couldn't, he couldn't bowl. Um, I don't agree with that. I think that maybe he was trying in his mind to bowl full, and he, and that that is that just an, a, an error, and he bowled full tosses. But I think they've improved. They have improved the experience. They are improving with confidence. Leach, one has to remember, was out of the game for 18 months, and is coming back, and he's getting more confident by the day. I think they have the ability provided. And, there, and I think the one thing that has shone through in, in, in these Asian tours is that your first innings, you need to score big. And if you can score big, then you can afford your spinners to be a little bit um, generous, shall we say, with, with, with their bowl, bowling because that you know they're going to produce the ball that's going to get the wicket. So I, I, um, I'm optimistic, <laughs> yeah. although I must admit, Pant did take Leach to the cleaners uh, uh, for a while there. It was Abu Dhabi um, T10 stuff for a while, wasn't it, when, uh, yes, when, it when was. Pant was batting? Um, I, I think, well, for me, I think Leach bowled better than best in, in the test match, and particularly in the second innings, he really seemed to have a plan, and some of it, and, he, and his, and actually what he got, he got his stock ball to be very difficult to play. Yes. He's ran the wicket to the to the right-hander, pitching on middle-ish, uh, oh, sorry, um, off-stump-ish, straightening, not straightening, going straight on with the arm. He was getting that ball to be really, really dangerous, um, and, and took, and, and bowled, bowled beautifully. Best, as you say, bowls a bit of a mixture of, of 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 pretty pretty poor deliveries mixed yeah. with ones that are are absolutely fantastic it must be a bit of a nightmare to face because you're never quite sure what you're going to get um it will be very interesting in the rest of the series to see how how leach bowls to pant how often root keeps him on or brings him on when pants at the crease um and um, and we'll see how that plays out but it will be certainly interesting to see at the end of the series how often leach bowls to pant how many times he takes him and what is what the run rate is in, in those so so if that's um, England spinners, Indian spinners, do you think they'll be a little bit disappointed with how they bowled in that game? I, I think so. I think um, Ashwin bowled. Uh, he had, I think, because the other spinners weren't doing the job, uh, I think he had to bowl him too much. Uh, and and um, they they all went for nearly four and over, or some of them more than four and over. Um, and they certainly the backup spinners... Um, 
I don't think supported him as, as well as they might. Now, whether um, Coley decided that he, he couldn't trust them enough and didn't bowl them enough, and, and I noticed that the left arm spinner, whose name escapes me at the moment, he, he tried a considerable amount to bowl in the rough just outside the leg stump. And uh, I noticed quite often that Butler, for instance, and even Bess, when they were trying to score, they just padded it away. Uh, and um, it became negative uh, bowling rather than uh, positive bowling. And I think that's what the backup spinners lacked. They lacked, I mean, Ashwin is a very experienced bowler, but they lacked... Um, shall we say, the confidence perhaps to, to try and even buy wickets. I mean, spinners often buy wickets and that there was no attempt to buy wickets there. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it'll be interesting to see how the Indian spinners respond. They won't want to be out bowled by a touring team spinners in, yeah. in, 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 in Chennai. No, I can't believe that they won't pick, they won't make, I think they'll bring a different spinner in, one at least, Patel, I think, will pay. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they changed their team. But talking about their batting in particularly, and, and perhaps in fact their Kohli's captaincy as well, I think that was Kohli's fourth defeat on the trot as captain because obviously he missed the uh, everything but the first test in Australia and, and Rahana captain the side. Rahana was the, the man in, in, in control of the um, um, of, of that famous win in in Brisbane, in Australia. Yeah. Um, so Coley's under a lot of pressure not to lose five tests in a row. Mm. The next game, I think he's he's as, as a captain in the field. Yeah. It was interesting watching Alistair Cook talk about his captaincy, and he said in the first innings he felt that Coley was um, a little not exactly in his shell as a captain in the field, but normally he's very active. He's very much in charge. He's ordering people around. He's, he's the one who, he's the, you know, he's kind of emanating the energy on the pitch that, that everything's controlled from. But he was a bit more laid back and relaxed and I think trying perhaps to be a bit more Rahana-like in the field. And, and Cook's observation was that didn't really work for him. And in the second innings, he was much more like the old Coley and he was back to being yeah. the, the man in, in, in charge. I felt, it, I felt all through his body language wasn't the best. When things weren't going for him, you, you saw his, his shoulders physically slump. You may have put your finger on it when you said Rahana-like. He, he must be conscious of the fact that Rahana had great success in Australia when he wasn't there. And there is pressure upon him, uh, Coley, uh, as there is on every captain. If you don't d deliver as captain... Uh, you, you, yeah. you'll get moved on and, and Rahana is now waiting in the wings there's no yes. doubt about that indeed it's an interesting subplot for the rest of the series isn't it because I, I think there's probably no no more difficult job in world cricket than being the Indian test captain oh. I think it's an immensely pressurised job I mean um, it, 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 cricket's a religion in India let's face it and, yes. and uh, that's yes, the all a, and end all it is, it is. Okay, so quickly turning to the second test, which obviously comes around very quickly. I think it starts again on early hours of Saturday morning for, for us here in, in the UK. Um, we know that Butler's gone home. He's been in a, in a biosecure bubble for long enough and they're letting him get back home and get a bit of what passes for normality is these days. So we're pretty sure that Ben Folks will come in. And I think James Bracey, the Gloucestershire wicketkeeper batsman, has been added formally added to the squad as, as cover for, for Folks, should he be injured. Um, though I think after the second test, then Bairstow's out there as Bairstow well. Of course, back, could yeah. ask Bairstow to keep wicket. Um, apart from Folks in for Butler, do you see any other changes to the England team I, for the second test? I do. I think that Jimmy will be rested and um, Broad will come in um, to play. Um, it's a possibility that 
Bess, that Moin might be given a chance instead of Don Bess. Um, I personally wouldn't do it because I think that Bess needs to be shown confidence in. He needs to have the arm put round his shoulder and say, we believe in you, you are the future off-spinner uh, for England. And, and so I wouldn't, but it wouldn't astonish me if Moen was particularly as possibly folks is not regarded as a good uh, run scorer as um, Butler and therefore they might feel that the need for to put a Moen in but I don't know that Moen would get any more runs than Don Best would so uh, my only change would be Broad for Anderson and that is something that I want to discuss, not this week, but another week, the possibility of rotation and resting um, and using the squad um, uh, tactic in cricket now, which I think I, 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 England have played, I think it's, it's 17 tests in 11 months or something silly. I mean, you can't expect players to keep up that. And when you get to the age of Broad and Anderson and you're out in India, you can't expect them physically to be up to the, to the mark to play match in, match out, match in, match out for four matches. So I think Anderson will be rested and Broad will come in. I have a slightly different take. I think Anderson will play again. Um, and then I think that will be his lot for the series. Um, I think I'll do it two and two rather than alternating um, to give them a little bit more rhythm. But um, but I, I do think there's a strong chance that Moen might play again, partly for the reason you've suggested. What you're effectively playing with with um, folks in Moen at seven and eight is two number sevens. Um, and that gives England a little bit more security given folks his relative inexperienced batting in Test cricket, though he's done very well when he has played. Um, I also think Lawrence at number three will probably be persevered with. Um, oh, yeah. I, I rather yes. suspect he's keeping Burstow's seat warm for, for the third test. Well, uh, um, yes, it, it, for no other reason, who would you put at number three besides him? Crawl yeah. uh, is injured, he's out for that test. So uh, I. We, we discussed last time the fact that Moen possibly could play at three, but I don't believe that, that he'll go with that. I think that Lawrence, the sad thing was that Lawrence got out the same way both innings, uh, beaten on the back foot and LBW. Mm -hmm. um, so we just, you can only learn from the experience. Yeah. And whilst there's so much form in the other batsmen, I think we can afford to not carry him, but persevere with him. Yeah. Yeah. And just a word as well. It was good to see Ollie Pope back in the England team. I think oh, he's, yes, yes. he's going to end up getting so many games for England. It's not going to and, be true. And, and, a, and a fearless close fielder. Yep. Yeah. And a very good one too. Okay. Then cards on the table, Tony, what do you think is going to happen in the second test? <laughs> well, having been so astute in the first one, <laughs> I, I will go and I will go and say it depends on the toss of a coin. Oh, very Whoever wins the toss will win the match. That's a good call. I think, um, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I, it's, it's, it's very, very close to call, isn't it? England are playing well and have got all departments of the, of the game working very, very well and clearly seem to be a, a comfortable team. They look like they're enjoying themselves yeah. playing together. Um, India under a lot of pressure and pressure does funny things to teams, even when they're at home, even when they're packed full of world-class talent. Um I think just on balance that in England will win the test. Mm. But as I say, if India win the toss, then yeah, that's... If India were to win the toss and score 450, it would be very interesting to see how we reacted to that. 
yeah it would it would so a really exciting test coming up mac yeah. i know you're a t20 and a, and a t10 man but even even that there's something in there for you there's so many subplots so many things going on in that second test um, there's plenty to look forward to <laughs> 